The whir of film reel is the only noise Hedy Lamarr hears as she leans in for a kiss from her co-star. The director yells cut, and the whirring abruptly stops. Hedy breathes a sigh of relief. It's been a long month of constant filming, and she needs a break. As the film crew begins to reset the scenery, Hedy sneaks off the set and walks to her trailer. It's a small little thing on the corner of the lot, but to her, it's a much-needed escape. She smiles as she thinks about what is inside, her secret that few people know about. Just George, her friend who's a composer. She raps on the trailer door, seeing if George is in. The door opens with a bang, and George smiles down at her. My co-conspirator, he says, as he pulls his headphones from his head. Hetty shakes her head, looking around for any members of the film crew. If someone knew what they were doing, what would they say? She jumps into the trailer and shuts the door. She peers over the large machine George has been working on. It's a beast, with wires running in almost every single direction. Let's get to work. Brains of people are more interested than the looks, I think. Electric power is everywhere present in a limited quantity. Jane, if you really want something and you work hard and you take advantage of opportunity and you never give up. You're listening to The Human Angle, a podcast that dives into the hidden lives of scientists, asking what makes them human. I'm your co-host, Jackie Wakefield, here with my other lovely co-host, Kenna Castleberry. Thank you, Jackie. And thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you like today's show, please leave a five-star review to show your appreciation. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and many other podcast platforms. Today, we will be diving deep into the hidden life of Hedy Lamarr, a 1940s actress and the co-inventor of Wi-Fi and GPS. From her secrets and scandals to her scientific success, Lamarr has only recently gained fame in the public eye for her inventions. So, let's see what she's all about. In 1914, Lamar was born in Austria as Eva Maria Kessler, and had he first started acting in small film roles after taking a few acting classes and getting attention for those. When she turned 18, she gained more recognition because she uh, acted in this film called Ecstasy. It was also the first film, supposedly, where she um, was viewed having a female orgasm. <gasps> that's like that's groundbreaking. It is, yeah. They hardly even show that in films now. I know, and for the 1940s, it was very scandalous. Yeah. Apparently, she achieved the effect of the female orgasm on film by having somebody poke her with a pin. <laughs> what? So she was actually like poke her with a pin where? Just like in her leg. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah. So I think it was just having that that face (laughs) so anyway the film did gain quite a big following um it won an award in rome but clearly it was banned in germany and viewed very negatively in america due to the nude scenes hetty was featured in and of course the female orgasm shot i heard that like i was reading a bit about this and i heard that um this is kind of the equivalent of kim kardashian's sex tape But of the 1930s. Of of the 1930s, yes. (laughs) So, from her fame, though, uh, Hetty married this guy named Mandel. 
He was an Austrian car dealer. And during the years between 1933 and 1937, um, Mandel helped sell weapons to the Nazi regime. Oh, yes. He apparently was. He sounds like a top bloke. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He apparently was a very terrible man for Hetty. Just very manipulative, very controlling. Um, he had various parties where he invited both Hitler and Mussolini to these parties. Oh, so he was like very prominent in the Nazi Very, very prominent. Well, and since he also knew the Italian government with Mussolini, he invited Mussolini as well. Mm. Um, And it's rumored that during these parties, Hetty had various sexual encounters with Hitler and Mussolini. There are rumors as to whether her husband kind of sold her off (gasps) to both of them or she did it willingly. I mean, I mean, she's clearly someone who is quite progressive, considering like she, she did is. do that, the ecstasy film. Um, I would hope that she wouldn't have Willingly. sexual encounters, yeah. encounters with Hitler and Mussolini, Mussolini. But I mean, that being said, like, what two names to have to your resume, you know? <laughs> I know, in a a weird sense. So even though we say Mandel is a really terrible husband to her um, and she later runs away from him, she would not be the scientist that she is without marrying him because he developed a lot of military technology and she went along with him on a lot of these meetings. So she met the scientists who were developing military technology. She got involved and she got really interested. And if it wasn't for her marrying Mandel and it wasn't for her following him around she would never have been able to develop wi-fi or gps later in her life so even though he's a terrible guy yeah he did make quite a large impact on her life for the better in the yes. future was this kind of like when she first started to show interest in yes yeah i think okay. it was from what i have researched i think it was her attempt to get more into his life because he was so controlling of hers that to show support oh. to him, she would go with him to all these meetings. And of course, she is, you know, claimed to be one of the most beautiful women in the world. So he'd want to show her off as a type of trophy. So of course, he wouldn't oh, mind her great. coming. Yeah. But at least on the bright side, she did get a really good benefit out of it in the sense that she was very smart, picked up on things very she learned quickly. A lot. She learned quite well, a bit. Um, oh my God, what was I going to say? Um, the, oh yeah, so with... Mandel, mm-hmm. so he's like clearly like quite a controlling person. What did he think of the movie? Like where she oh. had an orgasm? Like I think honestly, he probably enjoyed it first off because it gave her the recognition, and he said, "I want to marry this woman because she is so beautiful." So he met her after he met her the after film. the film. But I think if I had to guess, he never showed it ever again. Like yeah, he I never bet. showed her in that film to any of his friends like anything like that just because again he is known for being so possessive and controlling of her yucky yeah so um one of the quotes that hetty has given um journalists and reporters after her marriage with mendel was a very telling quote where she says i knew very soon i wouldn't i could never be an actress while i was his wife he was the absolute monarch in the marriage i was like a doll I was like a thing, some object of art which had to be guarded and imprisoned, having no mind, no life of its own. So that really tells how, like, power-controlling Mandel was for her. So thankfully, (sighs) thankfully, in 1937, Hetty decides to run away from Mandel. So she married Mandel for four years, 1933 to 1937, 
1937. It's a long time to stay with someone that controlling. I know, yeah. I think it was partly because maybe she just didn't know who she was, or mm. maybe she just didn't have the confidence to run away. Well, she would have been so young. Yeah, like she was 19 when they first got mm-hmm. married. Yeah. Exactly. So I think by this point, she finally decides I'm old enough, I have enough confidence, or I'm just done. I'm just fed up. So, Mm -hmm. so yes, in 1937, she decides to run away. And the story is, is that she ran away from her house by drugging her maid with sleeping pills, stealing the maid's outfit. (laughs) Questionable (laughs) morals, but that's okay. (laughs) She lines the maid's outfit with her jewelry and then cycles away on the maid's bicycle. (laughs) Poor maid. Poor I want to know what happened to the maid. I, I kind of do too, but I also wanted to know Mandel's reaction after oh. she left. Like, did he chase after her? Did he send people after her? Like, what happened? Yeah, because it's kind of a balance between, like, the embarrassment of her leaving. Like, would have he lied to be like, oh, well, like, I told her to leave? Right. Or would have he gone the whole, like get her back like Mm -hmm. she has to come back to me exactly exactly so we never really hear what happened with mandel after that he Mm. just kind of disappears um so but hattie did run away good (laughs) good (laughs) she did run away she ran to london and met ironically lewis b mayer who was an mgm executive so very high up in the movie industries how do you just meet these people <laughs> i think it helps that she's really gorgeous yeah she's and the most slightly well woman known <laughs> true she was in that movie already hey oh man so after that she moves to hollywood Ooh, hollywood um to begin her movie career um but during this time like while she was like a big star she felt quite lonely and homesick which actually brings me to like a bit of a question like why who did she have back home like for friends yeah i think you know she never really mentions anyone in any of her memoirs or anything i think it's mainly because either mandel was so controlling and so she couldn't have friends Mm. or you know she moves to hollywood and it's just glamour and you know everything so So maybe it's just she has a lot of acquaintances and nobody close yeah or like even if you had like an abusive partner like she still had a partner mm-hmm. and still had someone like even like it, I guess like yeah kind of providing like a bit of structure in your life I suppose um but yeah when she got to Hollywood it was here she changed her name to Hedy Lamar after two other actresses so one of them was a silent movie actor that um the guy what's his name again um, Louis B. Mayer's wife really liked. Yeah. So that's why she got Lamar, which is quite cool. Um, but also it'd be kind of like me naming myself like Jackie Hepburn because I really <laughs> like Audrey Hepburn. Like, I love Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, oh my gosh, she's amazing. But I could be in the zeitgeist still. Like mm-hmm. silent movie era wasn't that much before like Hedy got to no. the States. But, but it worked for her. Yeah, it worked. So yeah, she was around in Hollywood and it was two years later, so... She's meeting all these new people, but she meets this guy called Anil. Is, is that how you pronounce it, actually? Anil? Anil? Yeah, I think I think it's Anil. And Anil. it's 1940 when she meets him. Yeah, so 1940 when she meets this guy Anil at a party. And they get along like really nothing well. else. Yeah, yeah, really well. They talk about war. They tinker with machinery. She has all this knowledge from when she was with Mandel from those war meetings about how these things all work and it's here where the two come up with an extraordinary new communication system used with the intention of actually guiding torpedoes to their targets in war 
The system involved the use of frequency hopping amongst radio waves with both transmitter and receiver hopping to new frequencies together. Doing so prevented the interception of radio waves, thereby allowing the torpedo to find its intended target. That's really cool. Yeah, so while she was like, I think like why they did this was she was like enjoying being an actress, but Mm -hmm. I think she felt like she needed to contribute to the war effort. I think she still felt really guilty about leaving it and felt she had a responsibility as someone who was like so intelligent and kind of had the inside intel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she needed to do something with it. Yeah. Plus the fact I think she probably felt guilty being on Mandel's side, being on the German side in the war. She had to counteract it. That she felt like, this was not the side I wanted. I need to do something more helpful. Mm. Um, So, and the nice thing was, is like, both her and Anil. So Anil was a composer. So they both worked together on multiple movies. And she would just, they would both just tinker between takes. So they would just go back to her trailer and just you know tinker with machinery during takes which is really sweet and it paints a really nice image were they ever together or was it just a friendship i think it was just a friendship yeah that's so wholesome (laughs) i know which honestly like hetty didn't seem to have that many friends so to have somebody that she can trust and you know depend on who isn't abusive yeah is huge and also someone that like respect he clearly like respected her intellectually not just for her Looks. looks as like I'm sure pretty much everyone else in her life very much prioritized that side of things. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure that would have been, like, very important for her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so Anil and um, Hetty both put in a patent to create this uh, weapon and, like, this transmission system. But the U.S. Army actually didn't commission it. Um, they said that she would make a better contribution <laughs> As a pin-up calendar model, um, and sell war bonds. Yep. Then actually, like <laughs> giving them this technology. <laughs> Sorry, I just like threw my head back in <laughs> frustration. Yeah, <sighs> it is really sad to be told you're too pretty for something. I mean, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know either. I would not know either. But I think you know that for her was so frustrating because she had yeah. come so far. And then to go to the military and be like, hey, I have all this inside information and I have this thing that could really help you guys win the war. And for them to be like, well, this is coming from you, so we're not going to take it. Like if it came from like a man or somebody else, you know, they probably would have snatched it up right away. But also like how common would it be actually for the U.S. Army to accept patents that come outside of like their trusted sources? Yeah. Like I do wonder if that would actually be common. Like obviously. Sure. That comment is very, uh, probably shouldn't have said the pin-up calendar thing, but I actually wonder, like, if they would have accepted it either way. Right. Like, if it was just some sort of, like, civilian. Yeah, because it wasn't, I mean, yeah, how often. developed in, with them. Yeah, or even, like, I don't know, if, like, with a, a research group from a university. Like, it was right. just, like, two essentially, well, normal. not nobodies, because they were very famous, yeah. but, like, people who had no, no science background. Right, too normal in a sense. Yeah, so you can see why people would be, like, like, hesitant <laughs> can you like, can you imagine if just like who's a famous actor i don't know like emma watson just like shows up with up this technology like, i've got this i've got this patent it could really help like this, this war effort it is really interesting to think about yeah uh, yeah it couldn't it may have been just her position as an actress or a woman but it could have also just been the fact that she's not with the military yeah already. yeah it's a possibility yeah but man it was 
very stupid of them not to use it because actually Oof. they did end up using it in some form they did later yeah. on didn't yeah, they yeah. oh yeah. yeah i mean they had to or else we wouldn't have wi-fi or gps thanks hattie <laughs> i like my wi-fi <laughs> same so anyways at the moment they didn't take it up at least so hattie lamar went back to acting in hollywood um in 1949 she had her most famous role is as delilah in samson and delilah which I'm only familiar with that from, um, like, I don't know what Samson and Delilah is. Like, I'm only it's... familiar with it from the song. It's like, oh, hey there, Delilah. It's from the Bible. It's a Bible story. Really? And, like, I, I'm, just just go- I'm just so going much. based off, like, Sunday school classes I had when I was younger. But <laughs> So Samson is this very strong guy who is fighting against, like, this army that's going against Israel. You know, this okay. is, like, during the olden days. Yeah. And he meets this woman, Delilah, who's very sexy and very gorgeous. And Samson's strength comes from, like, his really long hair. And, like, his hair has never been cut. Or else his strength like the will giant? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So she ends up, like, trying to trick him into, like, giving away his strength. And so she finally cuts off his hair and he gets weak and gets defeated. Does I'm- she beat him up? I think she does. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure this movie would portray that. <laughs> yes. Oh, it doesn't. I like, I really want to see Hedy Lamar like beat some dude up. <laughs> but it's 1949. I mean, I mean, probably that not. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Has it happened now? Is there a movie where like a girl just beats up a dude? Yeah. Because I want to see it. It's called The Avengers. <laughs> when? Black Widow beating up all those bad guys. Yeah, but she doesn't beat up a main character. Oh, that's fair. I don't know. She needs to beat up. She needs to beat up like Captain America or something, and then I'll right. be satisfied. Some bitch, something <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Well, maybe we'll see that because there's a new Black Widow movie coming out. Soon, that's fair. There? Anyway, anyway, it's back. Back to <laughs> Samson and Delilah. Yes. <laughs> um. So this film was critically acclaimed. Very. Yeah very well received nominated for five academy awards and the highest grossing film of 1950 so this would you'd think it would mean a lot for Hedy Lamar's career but her career actually declined after releasing this movie um after it she'd played a series of roles in different films which pretty much flopped um one of them was called A Lady Without a Passport and didn't go too well um and then she had a her last film in 1958 called The Female Animal. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. That does sound interesting. I m- might look up the plot of that. Same. Maybe she beats up someone in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's 58 now, so yes, that's yeah. acceptable. Oh, we're, we're in modern times. <laughs> modern times, everyone. <laughs> um, and then she was signed to do a film in 1966, but collapsed after nervous exhaustion. Um, yeah, at that point, she's what, no. 52. She she's 52. 52. Oh, yeah, 1966. Yeah, she's 52. Yeah, true. So older That's not that old. Actress. That's yeah, not that old. That isn't all that, all that old, but I think just all the stress of her acting. Yeah, and especially, like, having things be on the decline. And actually, like, in that time as well, like, she was producing, trying to produce a few films. And right. she were, like, she didn't take that naturally to producing, I think, because she did acting, and I think she lost a lot of money, so it would have been quite a stressful time. Right. Plus um, the fact she's probably competing for major roles with other actresses who might yeah. be younger than her. Yeah, well, like, 1950s, 60s, that's, like, Grace Kelly time right. coming in. and That's that's the height of a lot of movies. Yeah, and the height of, like, some, or, like, 
yeah gorgeous. Grace Kelly, Marilyn uh, Monroe, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn. Hepburn. Yeah. Sorry, Hedy Lamar. <laughs> You're just we've a got, little too old. We've got pretty uh, younger women now. <laughs> it's hard to compete with those ladies. It's so sad. Yeah. <sighs> like, it's honestly just, like, it's just so classic, like, mm. being put on the, in the trophy cabinet because you now are over 40. I know. And yeah. those times it would have actually even been younger. But anyway, so she pretty much, her career just, like, completely declined during that time. But it's not all sad. During the during this kind of era in the 1950s, as she was kind of in these, like, big famous films and then a few flops, um, she married this guy, Howard Hughes, who, out of her, like, she had a quite, quite a list of husbands. Yeah, she married six and divorced six. <laughs> so, yes, she had quite a list. <laughs> but also, like... I was like reading through. Actually, I I need to get this up because it was quite like an interesting, list. such an interesting list of people. And but like all their careers, they're so random. I know. Yeah, she picked quite a few just interesting people. Yeah, yeah, and not like like usually like a lot of those like famous film people are they like I know like they Audrey, marry fellow yeah, actors, actors yeah. or like or producers or directors. Direct, directors are so common. Like Audrey yeah. Hepburn like dated a couple of directors. I think I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, here we go. Here, here, here's the people that she was married to. So there was Mandel, who we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, Jean Markey, who clearly wasn't that influential, although they adopted a child together. Um, kind of nice. Uh, John Loder, who's a writer and formal baseball player. Okay. Ernest Ted Stofer, a nightclub owner. Interesting. Um, Howard Lee. A Texas oilman. Okay. Um, and Lewis Boys, which is her divorce lawyer. I love when people marry their divorce <laughs> lawyers. Like, just for the drama of it all. It's so brilliant. Like, Honey, I'm running away with the lawyer. <gasps> it's just so classic. It's like the um, the husband having an affair with a receptionist. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's yes, getting a divorce, marrying a divorce liar, and then divorcing the divorce liar. I know. You could have an unending chain of divorcing your divorce lawyer and then but marrying like, your divorce lawyer. I was going to say, if you divorce your divorce lawyer, are you going to get less out of the settlement because they are a lawyer? Therefore, they and know how to like, even beat you in divorce lawyer. Yeah, and then you get an even... You just keep going up the you chain. You get their boss. <laughs> it's the ultimate power move. <laughs> I could see Hedy Lamar doing that. I could kind of see her doing that, hey. But um, one of the good ones that she married was Howard Hughes. Um, and once again, this was someone who really encouraged her inventive um, talents. Um, so he was actually... He did a lot of, like, aeroplane design. Um, but Hedy Lamar was like... Hmm, this is very square and boxy. I think we can make this better. And he was like a bit like, oh, okay. Whatever. Tell me more, whatever. <laughs> um, and she based a new design on birds and fish who are really fast, like in water and air. That's so cool. For like that streamlined, pointy and... Aerodynamic like, shape. Yeah, that we have today. Um, and Howard Hughes was so impressed that... He supported her tinkering hobbies um, by pretty much giving her a team of scientists and engineers that would do or make anything that she asked. Oh my gosh, no way. I do feel like that's a really good dating technique. Oh god, yeah. (laughs) If someone told me, like, if you marry me, I'll give you a team of scientists and engineers to do your bidding. I, 
I'd probably say yes. Like, that's tempting. That's very tempting. I do feel like a lot of world problems would get solved that way. (laughs) (laughs) Just need really smart women with, like, teams of scientists Mm -hmm. and engineers. (laughs) Who who marry somebody decently well off. Yeah. Who supports your tinkering hobbies. Such a condescending way way of putting it. Yeah. Oh, her. No, she, she yeah, she designed an airplane. It's just like her tinkering hobby, you know. Mm, that's like, it. Whatever. That's it. <sighs> At least he supported her. Yeah, I mean that's more to say than some of her other ones. Yes, <laughs> true. So yeah, then she has like a few other husbands. Marries a divorce lawyer, as discussed. Um, and then in 1966, her autobiography, Ecstasy and Me, named for that first film. Scandalous. Film she did. Film. Yeah, which means it must have been. I mean, it makes sense the first film you ever do. Yeah. But, like, it really followed her. Like, I feel like a lot of actors and actresses do, like, maybe a small indie film that mm-hmm. starts and it helps them get the next thing, but it, it doesn't define their them. career yeah. for their whole time. But I think Ecstasy and Me really did for her. I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of actors like, uh, like Robin Williams, who did, like, Mork and Mindy for his first show. Which I, I didn't even know that. Right. And, like, most people, when they think of Robin Williams, unless you grew up with him rising to fame, you wouldn't know Mork and Mindy. No. But, you know, he plays this alien who's very goofy and whatnot. But it doesn't mean oh, it I defines him. him because yeah. he later goes goes on to play much more serious roles, like Patch Adams or, like, in Goodwill Hunting or things like that. Yeah. So I wonder if it's more common for female actors, like, oh, to have that, be. like, defining role that they can never... Right. Like, like Kate Winslet as being Rose yeah. in Titanic or something like that. You can yeah. never kind of forget that one iconic role. Whereas, like, Leonardo Di- DiCaprio, like... He's been in everything. He's been in so, so many. But yeah. so is Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet's been in a lot. That's true. But I can only think of that one movie for her. I can think of a couple. But, yeah, that one is the one that kind of stands out. Like, if mm. somebody asks me who's Kate Winslet, that's the going to be the first one I'll pull out and be like, she was in this. Yeah, I wonder if that's, like, an overall trend that might be interesting to look into. Absolutely. Um, but Lamar, so she released this autobiographer, um, but she did have a ghostwriter for the process. Mm. Um, and the ghostwriting process is quite interesting. Like, the, ma- like the person that it's about does inform a lot of it, and they do yeah. a lot of sessions together but um lamar actually denounced the ghostwriter because apparently she fabricated details of her sex life ouch i think it's mainly just she over overdid the sex life like she just like made what? lamar out to be this like very libido infatuated woman who chases every man she sees like something like that which clearly Lamar while Lamar had quite a large sex appeal and while she did end up marrying and divorcing six husbands I don't think she I don't think she was that type of person because we see her Mm. as also the scientist we see her as cold calculating together smart and not just some crazy lady who's throwing herself at every man no not at all and also like the like that theme of like loneliness as well that she felt throughout her life like she's clearly not someone that's just like she wouldn't be after doing all this research she's not the type of person who would jump out at me as like the life of the party she's kind of like the more quiet intellectual but clearly very hot person yeah absolutely i think in a sense like she probably didn't want the fame like i remember reading where Mm. um you know people would ask her for her autobiography or not her autobiography her (laughs) autograph and she would be like because autographs are so outdated we just it's true but she would be like why would you want my autograph 
Like, why? Like, I'm not, I'm yeah. not that famous. Like, why would you want that? Like, she just questioned, like, her own fame and her own beauty. Aww. So, in that sense, I can see why she's denouncing the ghostwriter, because the ghostwriter is making her out to be some confident woman who's chasing after all these guys, and she's like, yeah. no, that's not me. Like, like to fit into a public persona. Right, right, exactly. I guess then as well, like, I think nowadays, people are really quite keen to hear about the person underneath the public persona, right. and that bit's like what people want to know they want to know those secret parts but i think Mm -hmm. back then like people like audiences liked actors and actresses to fit in a role a role and that's what they are yeah um which is why like so many actresses of that time really struggled because like you age out of that role you are like a different person like marilyn monroe being seen as ditzy and stupid even though she was proven to be extremely intelligent right yeah i'm sure lamar like read the autobiography and was like oh um, right. or the ghostwriter just based her role off of her movies yeah you know she's very sexy in her movies and so the ghostwriter says oh she must be sexy in real life yeah it's much more like one-dimensional way exactly of looking at it. exactly yeah insane but um things did not get better for lamar after the autobiography was um released so in the later years of her life, so from the 1970s, Lamar fought a drug and plastic surgery addiction. And many of Lamar's surgery suggestions actually were made commonplace decades later. Like, yeah. now they're quite common procedures. Yeah. Because what did she get? She mainly got, like, um, <laughs> breast enhancements. Um, I know she did a bit of her lips as well. So I think oh, like just lip fillers. Yeah. So I think her request for breast enhancements or, you know, making suggestions on how they should be shaped or, um, you know, just kind of the overall procedure was something that was later used because a lot of actresses during the 40s, while plastic surgery was common, it wasn't that common. Because, again, no. you could just turn over actors. So if an actor got too old, they'd just be replaced by a younger actress. Yeah. So I think in that sense it was, you know, not common to find women with plastic surgery. No, you don't really hear about it in that time that much. But I guess it was yeah. starting to become quite popular because Michael Jackson, right. what, what, that would have been 80s, 90s, actually. But, I mean, the whole trend of plastic surgery, you know, gets more and more common as you keep going later in the decade. So, yeah, she's kind of the beginning of plastic oh. surgery in actresses. So sad. Plastic she surgery so is such an... Yeah. Oh, I, it's such an awful thing that exists. Well, and it's just the fact of, like, some plastic surgery can be good in the sense that, like, if you're doing, like, um, like if you have a burn victim. Oh, yeah. And you're trying to do reconstruction, that's great. Yeah, that's like, awesome. That's really helpful. But the sense that, like, if you're doing it for cosmetic reasons, you can often ruin the person more than you actually help them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just one of those things. It's like, I would, ne- I would never, I think if someone chooses to get plastic surgery, that's great that's their choice but the societal theme that people do choose to get plastic surgery for cosmetic reasons um it's sad it's sad that people feel the need to like spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to just like make Make themselves look look better yeah and like i mean like there's so many health problems with plastic surgery as well like what well like with like breast enhancement you have to go back again because a lot of times it'll just sag or it won't like take (sighs) there's also been like correlation with higher cancer rates really yeah interesting and like i guess with lamar she would have gotten the breast implants to make herself look younger right probably kind of lift it all up right as well as the facelift, the lip job, and the nose job. Yeah, <laughs> just just that small list of things. Just just that few. Oh, yeah, I find plastics, because it makes sense, like, as soon as you 
do one, you're like, oh, that was easy and, like, it keeps better. It's addictive. I'll just go back. Yeah, because yeah. you would feel better about yourself for that short period of time but then feel worse about yourself later. Yeah. Oh, God, I do not like plastic surgery. Um, but, yeah, so she she keeps on keeping on for a little while, <laughs> but her last decades of her life, um, she pretty much just became a recluse. She hardly left her house. Um she would only communicate with people via the phone, even her children. Wow. So they looked at like her phone records after she died and she was on the phone for eight hours a day, just like, oh talking gosh. to people and like keeping up with people, but she would never actually see anyone in person. Right. So really agoraphobic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it came from fame. I think so. Because even in her younger years, she didn't go to the beach or anything. She would just no. swim in like private pools yeah. because she didn't want people to see her. Yeah. And like the autograph thing as well makes sense like if you have that almost like an imposter syndrome of like Mm -hmm. i'm just a person like why would people want to meet me right i'm not not anyone special and i think it's mainly because of her first husband like he probably really shattered her confidence oh god yeah and she probably lived with that the rest of her life so i totally makes sense for her to become a recluse later yeah definitely um yeah unfortunately like the last decades of her life were quite sad and she Died in Florida at the age of 85 of heart disease. So pretty, like, I guess, natural death, like normal age. So, like, nowadays when people think of Hedy Lamarr, first off, she wasn't really well known as a scientist. She was more known for her acting abilities. But it was only in, like, 2016, 2017 when her story really came to light because a new documentary called Bombshell was introduced, which discussed her background um the nice thing is too is there's actually been a lot of books specifically children's books published on her just because she is a woman she is a scientist and she has this rich history of being an actress as well so it's it's this nice interplay between the arts and the sciences in a sense yeah and i think also like i mean she's gorgeous and like that face sort of sells that story too it does like people are fascinated when like Although they shouldn't be shocked. People are fascinated with beautiful women who are really intelligent. Right. I think it's I think it's also that sense of, like, the glamour of Hollywood comes into it so much. But then yeah. there's the fact of, like, she rejects all that. Like, she rejects the glamour of Hollywood in yeah. a sense. She wants to go to her trailer and wants to invent. She doesn't want to be out, you know, on the red carpet signing autographs. Yeah. Um, you know, having booze with all these other famous actors and actresses. She's just doing what she does which i think is really that that honestly is what makes her stand out to me as a person i wonder i wonder if now like if she was alive now um would have she gone down the acting route at all because she could have actually had like a rich career as a scientist as a woman absolutely i think i think if she was born now she probably would have because i didn't get the impression from like researching her that she liked acting that much I think she started it because she didn't know what else she wanted to do. Yeah. And then just kind of got caught in it, especially with Ecstasy coming out and being such a big film. She was now almost trapped in an acting role. Yeah. And, like, once again, like, being so beautiful, like, that helps, like... That helps her, but I'm not sure she would have liked that. No. I don't think she would have liked that that was the thing that probably made her so successful. Right. But, like, in those days, like, obviously you need acting talent to be a good actor, but, like, the other requirement is that you need to be beautiful, like that does help yeah it does help (laughs) but yeah so she was only so she was awarded oh yeah she was um, awarded the electronic frontier foundation pioneer award in 1997 with her co-inventor and heel and and 
Anil. Anil? Yeah. Anil. <laughs> I forgot how to pronounce Anil. his name for a second. Anil. Um, so yeah, she, you know, the nice thing is, is they did recognize her, her skills as a scientist. Yeah. Which is why she's on this podcast. She's so cool. She so is. what, how did the invention actually get implemented? Get implemented and then go into becoming GPS and Wi-Fi and what we have now? I think it was after World War II that they finally took a break and started, you know, it was more privatized for science as opposed yeah. to just all government funding. So then it was either that or Anil probably approached the army. It's it's never actually really been researched as to why her technology was suddenly picked up, but it was suddenly picked up. And clearly she is the name that she is today. Yeah. So incredible. I love that. I mean, she was like so busy as an actress, mm-hmm. yet she found time to invent. invent. Yeah. And, you know, explore her passion. Yeah. I think she's, like, one of the only people that we'll discuss who was just, who wasn't mostly a scientist. It's true. Like, she's mostly an actress. Like, that was her job. That's probably what she spent most of her time on. Right. But, like, she had this, like, amazing talent for something else that she just managed to, like, squeeze in. Absolutely. It It is, she is an inspiration in that sense and definitely worthy of being chatted about on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh. So that's us, it from us this week. Yeah, that's Make it. Make sure to tune in next week. Who are we talking about next week? We are doing Watson versus Franklin, the <gasps> DNA scandal. Yes. Get ready to some even more sexism in science. So true. You yes. may think you know the double helix, but you don't. <laughs> All right. So we will be back next week. Thank you. 